Welcome to the Staying Ageless Podcast, a show that will equip you with the major keys to achieve extraordinary longevity. This is your girl, Associate E, also known as Raw Girl. I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach. And today on the show, we'll be chatting about how to build muscle and strength on a plant-based diet. To get this longevity party started, I'm going to give you guys some tips on how to design your diet to achieve metabolic efficiency. And later, we will chat with Ramona Adele Cadogan, a vegan powerlifter and trainer. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you tuning into the show from all over the world. Shout out to listeners in Uganda, Mozambique, South Africa, UK, France, Germany, Canada, Poland, and the USA. I appreciate you all. If today's show inspires you, I'm inviting you to go ahead and subscribe and please rate the show on Apple Podcasts and write a review. It means the world to me to get feedback, so any reviews are much appreciated. Anybody out there already on your New Year's resolution-ish and making some health and fitness goals now? I always say that the folks that wait for the New Year's rush are not the real ones. You are not the real one. I repeat, if you are somebody who needs a new year to get started, you are likely to fall into the group that falls off after the first few months. This coming new year's will likely be like none other because we have a raging global pandemic and many of us have stopped our gym and group classes to do things online. In short, The pandemic has tested how bad you really want it by increasing the willpower necessary to do a workout at home or get outside if we can't make it into class. I'm lucky in that I have a Pilates reformer in my crib, and I'm also about three doors down and a three-minute walk away from solid core, and they happen to be open. I hope that wherever you are, you found your rhythm again as exercise is not only essential to good health, but also crucial for longevity. What I learned from working at a weight loss clinic early on in my career is that diet matters. But when it comes to increasing muscle mass and losing weight, it's important to understand your body type. I go really deeply into all the tools I use to determine body type in my eight-week program, Staying Ageless 30+. Plus. But today, I thought it may be helpful to discuss metabolic efficiency and metabolic typing, which helps me ensure that my clients are consuming an adequate amount of calories and also have the right balance of macros for their body type to achieve their fitness goals. Many clients who come to me for weight loss fall into different camps. Some are eating the wrong types of food, they're eating fast food, processed foods, etc., or some are just not really even eating much at all. They're doing this kind of random skipping of meals. And the problem with this is that their metabolisms are in the tanker. Fasting is a very effective tool for weight loss, um, even for longevity. But they aren't exactly doing targeted fasting. Instead, they're sort of just forgetting to eat. How many of you believe that reducing calories and increasing exercise is the way to lose weight? Well, when I started my career working at a weight loss clinic with doctors, they thought so too. But I proved them wrong on many occasions and it blew their minds. So let me break down for you why calorie restriction is not the holy grail of weight loss. Anyone here ever yo-yo dieted or knows someone who has done all the diets and they can't seem to lose weight? (laughs) In fact, whenever they get off the diet, they actually gain weight. What I found through working with my weight loss clients is that when we calorie restrict generally and over-exercise, we actually do more damage to our metabolism than good. 
our metabolic temperature or how hot or cool our metabolism is, is a direct result of how much water we drink daily, the amount of food we consume, making sure that it's sufficient for the body to get out of starvation mode and into fat burn mode, and then obviously the types of foods we choose to avoid. Dairy is nobody's friend, um, and refined carbohydrates, especially those that contain yeast like bread, which can contain mold, also get in the way of the body functioning optimally. It takes 48 hours or two days of consistent hydration, food intake, everything all together to create consistent internal caloric heat to begin establishing a metabolic sufficiency. And when we're in that state, that's when we're going to burn fat. So the simplest way to calculate how your current diet is affecting your metabolic temperature is to record your caloric intake for three days, then calculate what your average is. You divide your three-day average by your active basal metabolic rate and then multiply that by 100. Anything less than 100 and your intake will leave you storing fat, but if you hit 100 or above, your body should be in fat burn mode. Just as a side note, of course, you could find a nutritionist to do this for you. I do this for my clients. Or you can use an online calculator to calculate your basal metabolic rate and make sure it's the kind of calculator that asks about your activity level. Your number will change based on whether you're sedentary, lightly active, moderately active, or very active. I also found it to be true that to lose fat and gain lean muscle, people have to eat enough foods appropriate for their metabolic type to create sufficient caloric heat and make their metabolism efficient. There are three different metabolic types, fat and protein efficient, which is actually the majority of the population, carbohydrate efficient and dual metabolism types who are essentially athletes. When you discover what type you are, it can give you insights into whether or not you need to fuel a different way to achieve your goals. I'm Nigerian American, and in West Africa, we are extremely, extremely carb efficient. Um, That's because the sun is out, so we're eating all these tubers and rice, and we need all this extra energy. When I started focusing on building muscle, I found that trying high-protein diets, even if they were plant-based, never got me to my goals. Instead, I had to eat a high amount of complex carbs, moderate protein, and less fat. Every time I hone in on this way of eating and combine it with a high enough amount of calories and exercise, I get results for myself. Somebody who is fat and protein efficient, however, does way better on a diet that includes a heavier balance of fat and protein to achieve their goals. And dual metabolism athlete types can actually do really best on a diet that consists of perfectly equal balance ratios of macros. So so they're getting about equal amounts of carbs, protein, and fat. I'm often trying to refocus my client depending on where they are. At some point in a healthy journey, weight loss really shouldn't be your goal. The goal for optimizing anyone's health is really to ensure that you can achieve the most lean muscle mass possible, reduce your overall body fat percentage. For longevity, it's really interesting as there are many debates as to whether or not the strain of extreme exercise, I'm talking like Ironman level, long-term is beneficial. Most people say it's not. But general exercise, without a doubt, helps us not only to achieve longevity, but to look and feel better as we age. If your goal is to stay snatched or keep it right and tight into your golden years, it's important that you also hone in on building and retaining muscle mass. All right, we're going to take a short break, but when we get back, we're going to speak to our awesome guest for today. Are you interested in living your best, healthiest life? 
I'm Asosa E, also known as The Raw Girl of therawgirl.com, and I'm a certified nutrition specialist and behavioral coach who specializes in helping you discover what exercise and diet is best for your body and get to the root cause and rebalance if you have a serious chronic condition. Clients who've worked with me have reversed diabetes, hypertension, balanced hormonally, gotten rid of acne for good, and lost hundreds of pounds. If you are interested in reaching your health goals with some support this year, visit therawgirl.com to sign up for a 20-minute call with yours truly. Until then, stay healthy and happy. Today's guest is Ramona Adele Cadogan, who is a 50-year-old vegan athlete and powerlifter, personal trainer, and former math and science teacher. She started weightlifting in 2013 and had her first competition in 2014. As a vegan Olympic lifter, she has won gold medals in the United States and competed internationally. At her first major competition, she won a silver medal at the 2016 Masters Nationals in Olympic weightlifting, won the silver medal at the 2019 Masters World Cup in Olympic weightlifting, and consecutive gold medal wins at the 2018 and 2019 Masters Pan American Games. She competes in the sport to empower vegans and the world that it is possible to get rid of animal products and be strong doing it. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm really excited to talk to you because there's a lot of people really interested in plant-based diets, but then I think one of the biggest concerns people have is, am I going to get enough protein? Will I be able to build muscle? (laughs) So I feel like (laughs) your story is a really good story for, to kind of debunk that entire myth. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your journey and like how you became a weightlifter in the first place? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I started weightlifting in actually 2013. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty late um, as a, a master, so a weightlifter. But I always, I always been fit in doing gym work and other like playing tennis and uh, just going to the gym and just doing classes, step classes, uh, bar classes, yoga classes, Pilates classes, cardio classes, body pump classes. You know, prior to prior to weightlifting. Also, I did the Warrior Dash Spartan races, which is like an obstacle course. Uh, which I did like that, and that was awesome. So mm-hmm. I've fit since childhood. I was I was in tap, ballet, toe, and jazz, and always active as a youngster. Mm-hmm. And so I got into weightlifting uh, via CrossFit. That's why I got into weightlifting because weightlifting also has a CrossFit aspect to it. And I went to weightlifting because I want to show people that you can be strong and vegan and still lift heavy weights. And, and to empower them, <clears throat> tell them it's possible. Anything is possible if you put your mind to it. And if you have the right coach, the right discipline, and the right attitude, it can be achieved. Mm. And were you always plant-based? I was plant-based since, um, I would say since 2000, but vegan since 2006. Okay. So you were plant-based well before you even started weightlifting. Correct. And I did, okay. I became plant, I can, became a vegan because of the animal. That's why I became vegan. That was the main reason. Okay. Got you. Did you experience any other health benefits? Yeah. I mean, I was always even healthy when I was a, uh, a meat eater, but I chose veganism because I didn't want to eat any animals anymore. Okay. And what, and what are some of the common myths that you've heard when it comes to vegan diet and athletic performance? And then how do you feel like your personal experience has debunked those myths? 
absolutely. Um, many people kept asking me, there's not enough protein. You don't have enough nutrients. You can't do this on a vegan diet. And I did my own research. I did my own studies because I have a, a, a biology background, but also an educator as well, educated teacher slash administrator. So just knowing my body weight and how to use my body weight based on having the sufficient amount of protein and fats and carbs and being a personal trainer, I, I, I felt that was also a benefit too on by knowing that aspect of it, what fuels me. And just knowing that carbs are used correctly when you do it prior to training, like an hour and a half before you train or an hour, you want to have complex carbs. Like we're talking about sweet potatoes, we're talking about brown rice, quinoa, millet. Uh, those are complex carbs and also they have protein at the same time. So you can get the best of both worlds. And then also if you want a quick fast uh, carbs, then you would need to have something like, like an orange juice or some type of, to spike up your your instant levels a little bit higher. And that's usually maybe like five or 10 minutes before you train, you might want to have that. But for the long haul, you want to have the complex carbs to sustain you throughout your um you're lifting. And my protein, most of my protein for the most part comes after I train, but I do have protein throughout the day. And I have about 60 grams of protein per day if I'm going to be training. Uh, if not, then it probably would be a little bit less usually, but not that much less. Usually I, I try to stay consistent, you know, to mm-hmm. for my performance. Yes. Okay. And are you, do you use supplementation of any kind? And if so, like what, what are some things that you, you yes. use? Yes. Okay. So most of my, most of my, my diet is from food. So mm-hmm. food supplementation, maybe in the morning with my oatmeal, I might have a little protein, plant-based protein that I use by Premier Research Labs. Uh, mm-hmm. It has a high level of um, amino acid uh, content. And also I put spirulina a little bit of spirulina in there too with my oatmeal and my berries and almond almond butter, almond milk, a little cinnamon. So it's a complete overall meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the way, that's the way I would uh, go. If I was training in the morning, I would have that in an hour after I eat that, then I would start my training. And then maybe a few minutes before, maybe it's a little bit of orange juice or oranges for the for the fast carbs. So as a pre workout, that's called a pre workout. So I don't use that. I don't use pre workouts that are chemical based. My pre workout mm-hmm. usually uh, fruit fruit based for the most part. Pre workout, I do t- take branch chain amino acids, um, mm-hmm. and that is already included in my you know my oatmeal with the protein I have has a has a branch chain amino acid base along with it. Okay. You know, so, and the, the spirulina I use before and after I train because it helps with recovery and oxidation in the state and, and uh, also helps with uh, muscle fatigue before and after I train with the spirulina. Okay. Okay. And um, are you paying attention to the amount of calories you take in as well? Yes. You know, if I'm going to, if I need to gain or lose weight, um, then I have a regimen that I would have to put into place maybe a few months mm-hmm. before a competition. I, mm-hmm. think I plan to compete in is the World Master Games in Japan. That's supposed to be May. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely around maybe around February, then I would start to 
be strict, be, be strict with my diet, you know, for the most part, depending on what I need to, to do. But, um, I never want to train on a full stomach. It's all about the timing. You don't want to, you want to make sure that you have the nutrients have enough time to digest mm-hmm. and you are not, it's a balance, a balance of an hour and a half before I train or an hour I would eat something to have that longevity of my carbs. That's, I have a lot of, I have a lot, the closer to my training, the more carbs I would have. That's, that's the goal. And then in between my training, I would have maybe, you know, some oranges to keep me, you know, the energy and my hydration and the coconut water for the um, um, electrolytes balance. Mm-hmm. And then after I train uh, to replenish what I was lost in training, you definitely need to have carbs again. Yeah. And also some protein for the building repair of, of the muscles and tissues that, that were broken down in the training. So then the protein would be my, could be beans, could be lentils. It may be even a smoothie. Mm-hmm. Of, of, of carbs, you know, carb smoothie with carb protein based, vegan based uh, smoothie with with fruits and spirulina as the as the blue green algae and uh, maybe some protein powder. Or it could be a meal of sweet potatoes with broccoli with uh, lentils. Mm-hmm. That would be an option. So I I like to mix it up, and the portion size is definitely important if I need to watch my weight if I'm going to be competing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Ah, so if you're competing, are you eating less calories or more calories? If I'm competing, if I'm training on the days I train, mm-hmm. I have more calories. On the days I don't train, I have less calories. Yes. Yes. I really wanted to emphasize that because I am always talking to my clients about how it's really important for metabolic efficiency that you actually eat enough. Yes. And People, I think, don't realize that athletes also have to eat enough to sustain the amount of activity they're doing. Um, so, but so I guess on your off days, you're eating less. Do you utilize intermittent fasting at any point? I do. If I need to, if I like, if for instance, if I, depending on how I feel, when if I want to reduce a certain amount of weight or water weight, mm-hmm. I, I could do intermittent. Yeah, I would definitely do the intermittent fasting uh, for sure. But I don't, I don't do it back to back. You know, that that's, you know, I don't want to deplete myself of the, of my electrolytes and everything like that. So I, I, I would do it mm-hmm. like maybe like once or twice a week, depending on what regimen I need to fulfill. Okay. And those would be on non-training days, right? Yes, definitely on non-training days. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Awesome. And you're 50 years old, yes. child. Yes. I just took my <laughs> I feel like I'm 30. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um. What are some things? That, I mean, it's awesome that you feel like you're 30. I guess. What are some uh, some additional? Are there any additional considerations you have to have as a woman, well over 30, now in your 50s? Was there anything that you would recommend for other women later in life who want to get into weight training? Yes, definitely. You need to uh, make sure that you have great mobility. That can come mm. through ballet. That can come through um, uh, working with a spinal mobility specialist. Uh, mm-hmm. I work with, and I could definitely share with the viewers, I'll share with you later on her link, so you can definitely um, have your viewers connect with her. And uh, she's just totally phenomenal. And it's it's about aligning having your spinal mobility is your youth. You know, yeah, it's your youth, and you could be 
you don't have to be an athlete. You could be a housewife. You could be a non-athlete. You could be someone who's coming from an injury. She helps people that way too. But the whole thing is that if you, if you take the class and do some privates with her, right, then I think you're set for life, you know, because she teaches you proper form. Because you, you take yoga classes and some yoga classes have you do pigeoning correctly, have different different positions you're not doing correctly because of the breathing or positioning. And, and uh, she's Russian-based style. And, and she just corrected some of the things that I learned incorrectly when I used to do yoga. I said, wow, you know, I didn't know I was doing this wrong all this time. So you could be injured from a simple sport like yoga if you're not doing it correctly. So mm. bottom line is that she is more of a corrective specialist. And then as a result, you could not have to worry about going to a chiropractor or going to a physical therapist because she teaches you how to uh, increase your mobility in your own body. Yeah, no, that's really good. Yes, as you at any age, but definitely sure when you get older and also uh, bone density uh, decreases as you get older too. So definitely having some weight training. You don't have to have, have to be an, an athlete, but you can do some, you know, some light weight barbells or dumbbells, you know, at, uh, for bone density co- with, with correct form, you know, that's important. And having the right supplementation through uh, your foods, having enough calcium, potassium um, in your, in, the, in, in your diet, you know, as you get, as you get older. Yes. Mm. Yeah, no, that's good stuff. I definitely, I think it's really awesome that one, you're doing it with whole foods, because I think a lot of people think automatically they have to get a ton of supplements. Oh, no. And so it's good to hear that, you know, you know, there are people out there just doing it with plain old food. And then um, the the stuff that you said about alignment, I I feel like really rings true. Like I've started to see a kinesiologist and I find that he was able to show me where my spine was off or where my posture was off. And that has been a game changer because like literally my back and all these different things that were hurting are now not because I'm developing the muscles that I need to develop. So I definitely, I definitely recommend that to people like look into your posture, look into your alignment, figure out where what's off and, and fix it for sure. Yes. I mean, because I wasn't using certain muscles that I was, you know, that, that I'd never used before. And I was like, Oh, wow. You know, and that's why, like some people, some people have to have knee pain. Mm-hmm. They have knee pain is because you're not using certain, you're not using certain muscles, you know, to counteract that. If you use certain muscles, then guess what? The knee pain could could go away, depending on yeah. depending on the the time of onset of the knee pain. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's for all knee pain. It just it depends on you know how it happened and and other factors, but sometimes knee pain could be an issue of not using a certain, certain part of your leg muscles to counteract the, uh, the balance for that. Mm. Speaking of game changers, did you see the movie? Yes. I was really, really impressed by that, you know, that movie and, you know, how pe- some people were so motivated. A lot of people I know that watched that movie became vegan, like instantaneously. I met, I met this. Um, I did a podcast with uh, the exam room with Dr. Uh, Bernard, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, after the podcast, one of the one of the um, one of my uh, followers on Instagram said to me that his son became a vegan because of the game changes, and also he does weightlifting like I do, and he's decided to follow me so he could get some tips or some you know a lot of motivation. 
mm-hmm. me to help his son. The fact that he's young, and, which is great, and the fact that he became vegan because of the game changes, and he does weightlifting on top of that, and he watched the show, and then his sister decided to follow me, and I, I asked him how he knew about me. He mentioned about the show, and I was like, I was so like, wow. You never know who's out there watching you, what what type of inspiration that you that you can provide. Yeah, for sure. So what are your goals now as an athlete and on how can people support your journey? Yeah, so definitely my goal is to compete in the the Masters uh, World uh, Games uh, next year. So it's supposed to be May of next year in Japan. And yes, definitely um, I competed at the World Cup last year and I took second place and I took gold medal. Amazing. Thank you. I took gold medals last year in the Pan Am Games and the year before last. And, uh, and that was great. And I feel, you know, that um, you can never get enough, I guess, medical attention because people feel that medical attention is only because you have an injury, but you need to be proactive. You need to um, have a regimen so you can prevent injury. So I was injured when I competed at the last year in San Diego, when I competed at the world cup, I was injured and I still mm. placed second in the world for my age and weight class. And I said to myself, you know, if I, at the time and still depending on certain, um, my job, we it didn't, I didn't cover certain, uh, coverages with certain specialists, sports doctors and other high level physical therapists. And I still did. I still did well, thank God. You know, but it's if I if I want to have the best, then I need to, you know, I need to have um, the financial support to back me with that. So, you know, on hindsight, if I had that support, then maybe I could have won the World Cup. But I'm still grateful that I took second at the World Cup. Right. That was my first World Cup. So definitely, you know, for the medical expenses as a preventative, not because I'm injured, because I'm not. Thank God, I would need that as something to prevent injury, like the sports doctor, high level physical therapy, the, the recovery treatments to further uh, accentuate, to help with me with my performance. That would be great. And also the flight and um, um, hotel, whether I take Uber or rental car, you know, all these, all, all these, all this overall, the whole package of holistic that I'm asking, um, you know, for. You know, maybe I might need a sports doctor there. Maybe, you know, some people, like, I don't have a team that's going to go with me. And I, I most likely I would go on my own and on my own and then meet other Americans there and other people in other countries. But sometimes you have an entourage of me- medical support staff that travel with uh, the, the team. So we don't have that. So it's good to have some extra funds on me to have someone maybe work on me if I need any treatment before I compete or whatever, Who? because that's not free. You have to, you know, and, and that's a foreign country. So it's good to, <laughs> you know, have, you know, that, um, you know, that support. So we're talking about medical preventatives. We're talking about expenses for flight, hotel, just getting around, you know, so that's what I would need, you know, as support. What would you say would be your biggest lesson um, thus far as an athlete? Oh, my my biggest lesson as an athlete is trusting the process, trusting the process. It's definitely something that's not overnight. And trusting the process is not only a physical part of it, but it's the mindset because you win in, you win in your mind. 
because you could be physically strong and have the best mobility ever and the best form and technique, but your mind also has to be equally balanced as your physical body. And you, you need to have in the mental, the mentality of believing the process works. That's what I, that's, that's, that's what I've learned a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm always talking about the power of your mind to heal the body. So I feel like it's even more so with performance. So that's really cool. I'm hoping everyone heard that and will apply it. Thank you so much, Ramona, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. it's time to take a question from Instagram or email. Remember, if you would like to have your question answered on the show, all you got to do is send me a DM, slide up in my DMs, respond to the call for questions on my profile at The Raw Girl, or contact me via my website, therawgirl.com. Today's question is from Rachel via email. She says, I just switched to a plant-based diet, but I'm trying to build muscle at the gym. What are some high-protein plant-based options. Hi, Rachel. Thanks so much for writing in with this one. The good news is, is that there is protein in everything, child. But of course, when building muscle, you may want to pay attention to your intake and consume some plant-based foods that are more dense in protein. So I'm going to go through a long list of some of my faves. Start with nuts and nut butters, things like almond butter. Some bodybuilders and athletes use a peanut powder called PB8, which has less fat and more protein. So that helps your macros stay intact if you're not supposed to be doing high fat. Um, And that can be used for smoothies. And you can use the nut butters for smoothies as well, or just eat them with fruit or whatever works for you. Um, Tofu is one that a lot of people use. My body personally doesn't gel well with tofu. So I use pumfu, which is a tofu substitute made from just pumpkin seeds that I really love for scrambles or in place of tofu in any dish. So depending on what works for you, you could use either of those. Oats are really high in protein and they're actually useful for plant-based eaters who want to build muscle. Brown rice, wild rice, sprouted rice. There is five grams of protein in one cup of brown rice. Not bad. Uh, legumes, of course, lentils, black beans, chickpeas, all of them. Um, there are, there is 18 grams of protein in one cup of lentils. Also really good one. Chlorella, spirulina. Those are good ones. Those are grass powders. Goji berries actually aren't bad. Five tablespoons of goji berries has four grams of protein. So really great topping for something like a smoothie bowl in the morning. Hemp protein, 30 grams of protein per tablespoon. It's pretty, pretty dense. Hemp seeds are also really dense. So if you had a fourth cup of hemp seeds, you're going to get 15 grams of protein just from that. Chia seeds are also really great. Maca is not bad. Pumpkin seeds are also pretty dense. Uh, One cup of pumpkin seeds has 12 grams of protein. Again, another great topping. Like if you were making a smoothie bowl and you added goji berries on top and you also added pumpkin seeds, you already are ahead of the game and adding more protein to that smoothie bowl. Sprouted grains, grass and vegetable powders. Moringa is one of my favorites, and I know I talk about it a lot, but that's because it has 92 nutrients and 46 antioxidants. It also has all eight essential amino acids and 18 of 20 aminos we need for good health. So it's really cool. It's an African superfood. 
You would have to use a lot of it to get a ton of protein, but I think it's a really, really good addition to your daily routine. And then of course there's, you know, plant-based protein powders, supplements. Um, there's a whole bunch of them out there, Vega or Gain. There's a ton. If they sit right with you, and most of them are made with pea protein, right? Because peas are another one. And you can actually just eat peas directly. There's eight grams of protein in one cup of peas. So you can eat the whole food, or you could go get you a pea protein powder. If it sits right with you, make sure that you test it out and see how you feel. Yeah. So you could use that, or you could just go the whole food route and use some of the foods that I just listed. Really hope this helps you. All right. That is all she wrote for today. Hopefully this show has given you some interesting information about achieving the physique you desire and specifically getting your muscle mass up on a plant-based diet. Today, I leave you with a quote by Daniel Roberts. The internal processes of muscle growth are seriously complicated. People devote their lives to it, but the external processes that kick it off, the things in your control can be distilled down to a few principles. Getting stronger in the right rep ranges, eating appropriately, commit to the program, and consistently work hard at it. If you are interested in changing your physique and building muscle, I hope today's show gave you a different perspective on how it is possible to do so and eat whole plant food. It's important that you find what works for you. And I'm sure most of us have heard the traditional story of using animal protein or a ton of supplements to achieve a physique goal, but I wanted to present you all with another option that could be more sustainable long-term. For more inspiration, I suggest you check out the documentary, Game Changers, which features a ton of plant-based athletes. Well, that's all for today, sis. If you are looking for more health tips or have a question for the show, find me on Instagram at TheRawGirl. You can also find me and contact me via my website, TheRawGirl.com. For more on the show or to listen to past episodes, visit StayingAgelessShow.com. 